Welcome everyone to the, I guess, second rendition of the fourth episode of the Dylan Bush podcast. If you remember the first episode, it was a maybe hour, half an hour, you know, rant on why I hate the city of Cleveland and the Cavaliers and the Browns and everything involving Cleveland. And, um, you know, just a little unprofessional. So I decided to delete it. It's like the old saying says, never send an angry email because then you're going to look back on it in 12 hours and be mad yourself only. So I decided to be a man, let Cleveland win this one. You know, they don't win a lot. So let them have that one. I deleted the pod. So this is the fourth, the second rendition of the fourth episode of the Dylan Bush podcast. Now, longtime fans have been waiting for this episode for a very long time, probably longer than my last YouTube video upload, which was probably two and a half years ago. Uh, That's never making a return. I'm gonna shoot it down right here and right now. So sorry for the fans of the Dylan Bush YouTube channel. The only video that you can find on there is of Luke Pollock absolutely nailing some field goals at Northview's football field, uh, Cat Stadium. But we're not here to talk about this or that today. We're here to update people on what's been going on in my life. So without any further ado, let's get in to the second attempt of the fourth episode of the Dylan Bush podcast. So I'd like to start this podcast by saying, for all the fans of the Dylan Bush podcast, the Moiba podcast, anything where I've been a part of it, maybe even Patrick Andres' amazing podcast where you heard me talk about many NBA teams. I think it was the final, I guess it wasn't many, just two. The two NBA finals teams, the Dodgers, Women's World Cup. Um, So I talked about all that, but it's been definitely a long time since I've had my own podcast. I've been on here, been doing my own thing, but we're going to give it another shot because I think you guys want it from what I've seen. My most liked tweet in a long time was, do you guys want a podcast? Or it was something along the lines of y'all want a podcast? Question mark. I don't know what I said, but regardless, we're here um, recording this on a Saturday night. I think today is 23rd, 24th, 23rd of November. And we're just going to get right on into it. First question you probably have, where where's the podcast been, Dylan? Where, where, where have they been? You know, podcasts can be really annoying sometimes. You just don't want to do them. Not a lot of incentive, and they take a lot of time. They take probably an hour and a half to put everything together. And sometimes you just don't have that time. I've been working a lot, been hooping a lot, getting the buckets in, putting the books and, you know, put in the work in the books. I don't know where I was going with that originally, but been working really hard in the classroom. So we're here, though. All that's the side. We're making this episode because the people wanted it. And we're here. And the first thing we'll probably talk about is the most hyped thing, hyped thing in the Star Wars community since probably The Last Jedi, uh, the Mandalorian TV show which, according to Google, 97% of the users like it. On IMDb, 
It has a 9.1 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes has an 89% approval rating, which is fantastic for anything Star Wars because the last two movies that have come out, Solo and Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, have been just laced with people having very polarizing views on them and not a lot of general consistency in the community and what we believe on these new forms of media and i'm just gonna go out the gate and say it this show is fantastic it's so cool the mando himself is just like this western gunslinger with the guitars in the background and the hawk screeching like it's just so cool you know he's like he's like the doesn't need to say much guy but he's cool about it and i'm a big fan of the show and if you haven't seen the show you probably shouldn't be listening to it but i have to give a spoiler warning just in case so spoiler warning skip like probably the rest of this episode because i might reference it at some point but the main thing everybody's talking about in the show is baby yoda the man himself broda as someone in my group chat calls it um broda baby yoda is the best sensation since sliced bread um baby yoda inspires us all to do the best in our jobs and our lives in the world baby yoda can cure cancer probably but let's get into the episodes first episode i really i'll be honest um i was really hyped for it i woke up that morning that it released way before i needed to get up and i watched it and then i went back to bed because it was so awesome um but i'm but because it just like was like that i was just so satisfied with what what i had watched that i could just go right back to bed um i don't really remember a ton of the the details i just remember it um him going to a planet i don't know what the planet's name is and after getting the assignment on a bounty, he finds, he finally is able to track down um, where this being is. He runs into IG-11, starts shooting a bunch of, I think they're Transdotions, not pos- not positive. They kind of look different than Bosk, but that was, Bosk was in the first Star Wars, it was in the second Star Wars movies in 1979. So I wouldn't be surprised if the technology and if the costume had changed the appearance of the Trandoshans over time. But either way, big spoiler at the end, boom, they find a baby Yoda. IAG-11's like, I'm gonna kill it. And then he's like, no, you can't. And then he's about to shoot him, but Mando kills him first, and it's awesome. Second episode, um, Mando basically has to, you know, turn in the bounty because the bounty is the baby Yoda. Um, A lot of challenges. Jawas pissing him off on the way. He figures it out. Bam. Third episode, Baby Yoda. Well, I guess second episode, find out that Baby Yoda's got force powers, which is awesome. Third episode, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, it's the most recent one. And I'm just giving these, like, incredibly, like, spark notes for spark notes for spark notes version. So, like, spark notes to the third power. Um, Third episode, he turns in baby yoda because it is the bounty but then he feels guilt because he likes baby yoda and baby yoda kind of you know kind of grew on him i guess you could say so he goes back to get him because he thinks that like the empire is going to do something like terrible with him and they kind of do and then um after cashing in 
his bounty for Baby Yoda. He makes some armor, and then uh, he makes some armor, and then he tr- goes back to go get Baby Yoda. He gets him back. He kills some stormtroopers. Just like complete awesome. Just like with the staff. He's not not even a staff, but he's beating them with his hands. He's shooting them. Just so cool. So awesome. And finally, he realizes that every single bounty hunter in the guild had a fob to go find baby yoda so there when he tries to take baby yoda in his ship and leave all the bounty hunters start shooting at him ganging up on him um even apollo creed's there i I think it's carl weathers jr this is his real name but i'm just gonna just gonna call him apollo because you know that's kind of his thing and so He's like, oh crap, but then he calls for support with his other bounty, or not his bounty hunters, but his Mandalorian click thing, and so pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, it's good to see the the Star Wars community really getting together behind the project and really liking it, because it's been just so controversial over the past couple years, so it's good to see something everybody agrees on. thing I want to talk about is um, for better or for worse my Detroit Pistons and I know loyal fans of the Dylan Bush podcast experience will know how I feel about my Pistons and this season just reinforces my idea more and more let's just start it over and try again at some point you just gotta you know know when you've lost just throw in the flag and this team kind of has been the epitome of that. Although they're coming off like a 30-point win against the Hawks uh, last night, I guess it was 25. Regardless, that that one performance shouldn't be the indicator for whether or not this team should rebuild or not, because the answer is they should. Right now, I'm looking at a roster of Andre Drummond, Luke Kennard, Langston, Galloway, Markeith Morris, Bruce Brown, Thon, Tony Snell, Christian Wood, D. Rose, Svitislav Mikhailu, Tim Frazier, Blake, Reggie, Kyrie, Thomas, and then a couple other guys that are two-way, and Sekou Dumboya, who can't even get any time on the Pistons team. But I'm actually appreciating that they're going to give him some run in the G League and kind of get his confidence up. Not that he didn't have confidence coming into it, but I'd just like to see them take their time with the prospect, let him develop a little bit more, even though I think they've taken too long with Luke Kennard because this is his third season. And now he's finally getting looks when he should be get when he should have been getting these looks last year. But I digress. Andre Drummond this year has definitely played like he's in a contract here. He's been playing pretty well. His motor has been there more than most nights. Not every night, but most nights it's been there. And I haven't been able to watch every single game like a diehard Pistons fan just because I've been busy and I work a lot of later shifts at night and usually it's during games. So I don't get the full story. Usually I catch like the second half or maybe just the fourth quarter. But from what I've seen through Pistons Twitter, some Reddit posts, and just like highlights of the games, the Drummond's been looking better this year. But still, there's just some inconsistencies I cannot underestimate. I can't understate with him. I don't understand what this whole idea of finishing around a defender when you are listed at 6'10", 280, he's trying to euro step guys do floaters 
Like, I get it. You're going to drop a shoulder and sometimes they'll call you for a charge. But you have to get big and physical sometimes, Drummond. I'm sorry. You just can't do all these fancy little layups around guys. Like, you're just too big for that. Go dude, go dunk on him or something. That's my only issue. I thought he's been actually pretty playing pretty well this year, but I don't want to pay him. Hopefully he gets traded before the end of the year. Move on to Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard's been really has been playing really well this year, but since uh, Blake's come back, his touches have gone way down. And since other guys in the lineup have been stepping up, Luke just doesn't get the looks he was the first couple weeks of the season, which is a shame because, in my eyes, he's our probably our second best scorer on the team, in my opinion, behind Blake. I, I just think he just creates very well for himself. He can make any shot left or right and maybe he's not quite there defensively yet but he's getting better he he's pretty good at just staying in front of guys you know he's never gonna play like the Bruce Brown defense the Pat Bev defense which is disputed on being good or not if you're Russell Westbrook but regardless I'm liking the way Luke's Kennard and Flame Langston Galloway what a happy surprise he's been he's been pretty good this year um, making a lot of threes and just jacking threes too. It's really fun to watch him play this year. And I'm really glad that he finally found kind of his role because I felt like he's had some like identity issues over the past couple years with the Pistons. Markeith Morris, you know, just thanks for giving us minutes. You've been playing pretty solid, not fantastic, not bad. Just thank you for being there. Bruce Brown, pleasant surprise this year too, given a little more reins in terms of playmaking. And he's shown the what we what he can do with it. He's been playing pretty well in pick and rolls this year, and he just had the ball a lot more. And you can see his playmaking ability been uh, increased, and I've been really happy with that. Um, hopefully, we can do that in the in the future. But he needs to be able to make threes. Uh, his when you watch him shoot threes, it's almost borderline impossible to sit down and just watch his mechanics and watch everything. It's just so rough, but. I got hope in you, Brucey. Um, Thon, get, get get off the team, bro. I'm sorry, Thon, but you're just taking away minutes from a guy I'm gonna mention in a little bit, and you're just trash. I'm sorry, and I'm I'm not, I'm like I'm not trying to be mean, but what like you don't do anything on the court besides get a good block here and there. You let dudes beat beat you off the dribble and then get a block once out of every ten layups. You don't get rebounds. You can't make shots. I'm Thon. I really believed in you. I'm sorry, man. Tony Snell, I think he's been on and off hurt. Uh, yeah, he's been had a hip injury, um, but he's been playing pretty well this year. 3 and D guy. Wish Pistons had more of those guys in the past, but I'm glad to have him now. Now, here might be here's my favorite player on the team at the moment, Christian Wood. Love everything he does. He dunks every single uh, drive he goes for. He just dunks it every single time. It's so fun to watch him play and just be free on the court when Dwayne Casey isn't uh, pulling the leash on him. I really wish they give him more opportunities, especially when Thon gets minutes. It's just painful to watch Christian Wood have to ride pine. But Christian Wood this year has been one of the more efficient players, not just on the Pistons, but in the NBA. He's been making a lot of threes. Last I checked, it was like a, like a week ago, he was shooting like 50% on threes. But that is in a small sample size. Got to keep note of that. Regardless, Christian Wood needs more minutes on his team. D. Rose been playing pretty well this year. Not probably probably not quite six man of the year level, 
but he's been giving us a good boost off the bench. And early on in the season, he had a couple clutch plays at the end of games and was really finishing well. Um, I'm just glad to have him on the team. I'm glad that he's stepped up and he's really embraced Detroit and just the team. It's good to see that. Svi? Svi hasn't got a lot of playing time, but when he has, he's just competed. He's a really hard competitor, um, and I really appreciate that because I feel like some of the guys on the team, especially like Andre, with all the gifts they have, they don't really like to compete. They don't, I mean, I mean, he probably does, but like, it just doesn't show it as much as Svi. Svi's really out there playing D. Even if he's not good at it, he's really trying to. Um, he gives a good effort, like Bruce Brown. Svi can also make threes pretty well. Um, so that's that. Tim Frazier, really don't care, honestly. He's just filling in because Reggie's hurt. Um, and we're kind of thin at point guard. Blake, he's looked a little rough, but he's coming off injury. In a couple, well, I'd say probably in a month, he'll be settling into what he usually does. Maybe a little bit lesser role with Luke being as good as he is this year and with other guys stepping up. But it'd almost be better if that because better if he had a lesser role because, you know, just so much weight on his shoulders last year. Um... And it finally took a toll on him at the end of the year with the knee issues. Um, regardless, Blake, happy to have you back. Um, let's just keep rolling. Reggie's been hurt this year. I'm not going to talk about him because you guys know how I feel about Reggie Jackson. And thank God it's his last year of his contract. Kyrie Thomas, I think he's just riding pine. Jordan Bone, Louis King, and Sekou Dumboya have been killing it in the G League. And I'm really happy about that. Um, I only see stats i don't really watch any of the games but i'm glad to see them just absolutely killing it in the g league um what do i think about this team going forward this is what i would do i'd almost blow it all up um if by let's just give a day of the all-star break maybe a little bit before then because you'd need time to trade but so like maybe a couple weeks before the all-star break just look at your team and look how you've been playing against better teams how you've been playing against lower level teams and what have you been doing and generally just get an idea of reality if this team isn't playing good dump everybody and start over trade Blake to the Blazers um, or someplace that needs him trade Drummond to the Hornets because Michael Jordan is dumb and he would do that in a heartbeat and just let Luke Kennard take over take the reins give some minutes to Sekou maybe let him get some action um but really build around, I mean, I say build around Luke, but I don't know how much better he can get than what he is right now. Like, I can see Luke Max in his career, like a 17-point-a-game score on 42% shooting, maybe 40% from three, maybe 85, 86% from the line. That's really good, but that's just not like a piece you can um, center around. Like, I don't think he's ever probably going to get to the Devin Booker level. I'd say, like peak JJ Redick but a little bit better because like he's like I'd say he's a good hybrid between like JJ Redick and Joe Ingles not that just because those two guys um kind of like like play like him but he kind of has the elements of the shooting off the dribble shooting off of screens that JJ has while also being able to create here and there like angles like angles creates a lot better than canard and jj shoots a little bit better shoots definitely better than canard but he's like a middle ground between those two so that's just not a piece you really want to like center a rebuild on um but i think if this season's gonna go bad i i don't know if we have our pick or not this year i think we do have maybe we don't because for the blake trade but either way i wouldn't mind seeing a rebuild 
Um, like, like, I don't think you have to go all out, like, complete, I mean, I would go with a tank, but you can disguise it a little bit better by giving Kennard some minutes by playing Snell. Like, if this team really wanted to go down the garbage chute, this would be the lineup I'd start. Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, Tony Snell, Christian Wood, and, like, I, I, I guess Thon, Thon Maker, maybe, maybe Markeith Morris, and then go Christian Wood. Or if Andre Drummond's still on the team by the end of the season and we just don't sign him again, run Wood and Andre. But I think just blowing this team up would be kind of a good option. And if, if this team starts to turn the other way, I'm all for it. I, I want to see some competitive basketball, but I'm just tired of seeing the 8th seed repeat over and over. It's just so frustrating to watch this team. And especially early in the season, we had injuries to Ray Jackson, Derrick Rose, Blake... Tony Snell, Kyrie Thomas has been hurt. Um, it, all of these guys have been hurt all year, and if it just doesn't look like it's going to turn into something, then let's just not waste our time and let's get a game plan for the future. Instead of thinking a year ahead like this organization has been doing, let's think five years ahead. And that's just kind of a general good life tool as well. Like It's really easy to see what you think you're going to be in a year because it's so close, but really having an idea of what you want to achieve in five years is almost a better outlook because you can get an idea of what end goals you want and where you where, where you realistically see yourself um and just like having that identity of self-recognition and knowing what you can do better and how you can get that goal is what i would really strive this team to push for but it, it they've proven to me time and time again that they're very much focused on short-term gratification. Uh, regardless, I'm 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 content with this team. They've lost some very winnable games. They've been, they've lost to Charlotte the other night. I think they lost to the Hawks earlier in the year. They've been they've had some shoddy performances. But if this team can turn it around, I mean I'm not gonna just leave them. So I'll, I'll stick with them through the tough times and the good times. This next segment is one that is very new to any fan of the Dylan Bush podcast. It is the celebrity random news story of the day. And today we're going to be talking about the singer, I think he's a singer, maybe it's technically the name of the band, but Beck. Um, they were they had an episode where they were on Futurama, they're pretty famous, um, not going to play any of their music because I think I'll get copyrighted, but um, Beck has come out and said that he is not a Scientologist anymore. Um, Scientology, for those who don't know, um, is a sort of kind of like a religion cult else. I mean, yeah, religion cult also like a way of thinking psychologically and physi- physiologically too, I guess, in a way. Um, so Scientology is based around the idea of ridding yourself of these internal ghost spirit things. Um, the real story of it, you can watch the South Park episode, I think it's like season 9, um, 
it's called like coming out of the closet uh tom cruise is in it johnny travolta's in it it's pretty funny um but if you want to know more about it i'd watch that episode um but beck said he's no longer a member and scientology can be um, very dangerous because it's very much a money grab you have to do all these tests to get certified and like kind of placed in this sense of where you are in terms of happiness where you are in terms of achieving life goals so you have to pay and pay and pay to get these readings and these scans done and so it's kind of it's kind of crazy um so like i said some famous people in scientology were uh formerly back i guess um apparently canadian composer david campbell um like oh oh apparently david campbell is his dad and he was a scientologist so he was assumed i I don't know either way not a scientologist anymore johnny travolta um Tom Cruise, weird dudes, Scientology's not probably good, look into it, kind of funny. Alright, next segment we're kind of rolling right into is on this day in history, uh, if you just go to historynet.com slash today dash in dash history, you can find some events that happened today. And the one I'm going to pick today is Charles Darwin publishes The Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection or the preservation of favored races and the struggle for life. So Charles Darwin, very important uh, person in terms of evolutionary theory and modern science, just the way we think about life, what way we think about everything. Um, Shout out to him, you know? And and he's a real baller because he, uh, like, think about it. He was like, let me just go study in these tropical islands in the middle of the ocean. Um, oh, everybody else can stay in cold England, but I'm just going to go do this real quick. Like, just a baller move. If I could do that, I would, but I can't. Shout out to you, Charles. Um, had to learn about you a couple times. Good for you. Um, other than that, that's probably going to end this segment. Next, we're going to start talking about fantasy football. This last segment, as I alluded to in the previous segment, is going to be about fantasy football. And my quarterback position has been somewhat of a rotating door this year with uh, quarterbacks being dropped and picked up and released just about every week to keep up with um, the demand of having the loss of Andrew Luck in the beginning of the year. God rest his soul and his leg. I think it was a leg issue. Maybe it was his knee. Either way. This week, I'm starting Baker Mayfield at quarterback versus Miami. Not confident about it, but, you know, sometimes you just got to do it because it's Miami. Chris Carson, uh, running back Camara. Thanks for trading him to me, Brandon. I missed him. And then wide receivers are Chark, uh, Jamison Crowder, and then I'm starting Devontae Parker, another wide receiver at Flex. My tight end's Kittle, but he might be out. I don't know. If that's the case, I'm going to probably play uh, Ross Dwelly because he's the backup. Um, Then then my defense is the Patriots defense, which is pretty nice to have. And my kicker is Matt Gay of Tampa Bay. On the bench, Will Fuller, uh, Tyree Kill, Matt Breida, 
I'm, I only have Tyreek on the bench because he's not a bye. Curtis Samuel, Jimmy G, uh, Miles Sanders, and, and as I mentioned earlier, Ross Dwelly. Team this year, we started off 0-2, and then we won six straight, maybe? I think it was six straight. And I think it started 0-3, it was 0-3, and I won six straight. And then I split the last two weeks, lost to Colton, and then I beat Tyler. Um, well-fought matchup between both teams. Um, this year, you know, don't have my dynamic lineup last year of Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, OBJ, Stephon Diggs, Kittle, James Conner. Doesn't matter for the defense and doesn't matter for the kicker. That team is the greatest fantasy team in the history of fantasy. For I mean, we were an eight-man league, and this year we're 10, so talent spread out a little bit more, but still, that collection of talent should never be allowed in any fantasy football league. Thank you, Ward, for making the worst trade ever. I really appreciate you on that one. Um, that's what you get for trying to pay people to sit players and cheating in the league, you know? That's what you get. Um, but anyways, fantasy football this year, um, it's been a great lesson for me in life, you know? A lot of times we sit here and we blame the players who don't do good enough, who are thousands of miles away, um, and why they're not doing a good enough job for us. And it's a good life lesson, you know? And the fact that you can't control everything going on in your life, and sometimes people just aren't on their A game for everything. And also, there's a little bit of um, self-responsibility that you have to realize in the fact that you played that person. You could have played someone else, but you played, you played that person. And there's always a little bit um, that falls on you whether you do or don't want to admit it. And that's why I really like fantasy football, because there's little life lessons that you can get out of it. But while saying that, um, DeAndre Hopkins picked you 10th or 12th this year, something like that. You're putting up like 15 a game. I know you just put up 30, uh, but I traded you. And you just put up 30. But like, you got to talk to Deshaun Watson. Ask him why you can't get the ball more. It's kind of ridiculous that you just don't get the rock ever. Um, Will Fuller, I hope your hamstrings and your just your just your legs in general get better. Like it just sucks, man. You're out like every week, and you're the homie, Notre Dame legend. Um, way too athletic to be um, Notre Dame's best. Just Notre Dame on Notre Dame's roster. You should have been at Alabama or something. But I appreciate you being on Notre Dame when you were there. You're the homie. You put up 21 this week. Good to see you bounce back. Um, regardless. I think this week, um, I think I picked up one of the sleeper guys. Maybe not a sleeper because Cooper tried to pick him up. But I'm going to be playing Devontae Parker um, for Miami. They're playing Cleveland. and Cleveland's hit or miss whether they're going to play good or not. So I just got to take a chance. But Devontae Parker will definitely get some touches, get some looks. And that's all I'm really counting on. If I would have known Will Fuller was going to play this week, maybe I would have started him. But he had been hurt a lot. So I just didn't want to take a chance on him. Regardless, um, look. Let's take a look around my fantasy league right now. Um, it's pretty tight, actually. We're looking at um, four playoff spots for ten teams. Um, Snow, Mister Yusa Seabiscuit, he is leading the league right now. He is eight and three. I am in second place, seven and four. And then we have four teams tied for third, with Chase Young for Heisman, Ethan's team six and five. Um, Glenn's team, Team Boats and Hose, Red Light Boys, 6-5, and five, 
and Dan's team, which I will not say the name of it, is also 6-5. and five. Some big matchups coming up here in the future. I play Ethan this week, and if I beat him, that would put me in position to almost guarantee a spot in the playoffs. If he beats me, he's going to distinguish himself from that pack of 6-5 and five teams, and I'll probably find myself in that 7-5 and five teams the next week. So it's a really important week for that three, for anywhere from about two to seven in our league with who can make the playoffs and who can't. Sleeper team to make the playoffs is Luke. You know, if he gets luck here sooner or later, um, he could easily make the playoffs. Let's just go to points allowed right now. Um, Luke has allowed the most points out of everyone, anyone in the league. And you're like, well, okay, he shouldn't be in first. But he's also scored the most points in the league by a wide margin. So he really should be better than five and six. And I really feel bad for him. So pour one out for Luke. Notre Dame, back to the playoff or whatever your name is, Cooper. You're just wasting McCaffrey. He's He's gotten you like three of those five wins. Sorry, man. I'm really rooting for you, but the auto draft just didn't pay off this year. Um, Tyler, you're pretty close too to being in the playoff. Um, you just had a couple things turn your way. And Spence, we miss you in the Marines. And um, you're probably going to be doing the roast me. Really unfortunate, but when you get back, everybody will dap you up. And then you're just going to have to post the roast me. Regardless, um, this league's been a lot of fun this year. A lot of good moments like Brandon's kicker getting Brandon's kicker getting 20 in the last and as the last player of his day and um, getting the win the clutch win on Monday night so shout out to that um, there have been just some other wins that have been quite memorable and um, this is a good year and I'll have to update everyone on how it goes after but um, I think for sure this year who has the best team that's always kind of the big idea um, if I had to say, I'd probably go with Snow. Yeah, that's, a, that's kind of a cop-out answer because he's in first. But when his lineup is healthy and he's not on a bye, he's starting Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Calvin Ridley, Michael Gallup, or Golden Tate, uh, Austin Hooper, who's quietly been one of the best tight ends. Maybe not even quietly, but I've never heard of him. Um, he's been one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, Flex, I I mean, James Conner's been up and down, but when he's playing well, he's playing really well. And so he's had a really uh, solid team all year. And he's gotten some clutch performances from dudes where, you know, you just didn't expect them to go off. Tyler Boyd's been good for him here and there. So I'd probably predict Colton to win it all, but you never know. Um, We'll see. We'll have to just see how the cookie crumbles and whatnot. Um, So... I think that's just going to lead us into the ending here. Thank you for making it this far into the episode. And if you made it this far, um, you know, treat yourself. Go get through some Wendy's or something. You know, you've earned it. Making it all the way through me and my boring talk. So I really appreciate you listening. Um, shout out to uh, anyone and uh, people who annoy you chat. You guys are the goats. Um, Ward, you know, this week you're going to have to go down in fantasy. Sorry, um, but it's rivalry week, you know. I, I've got the word. I got I hate the Steelers in my name. And, you know, you're a Steelers fan. Just how it goes down. Um, 
everyone else, best of luck in the Fantasy League. And uh, thanks for listening, and tune in next time.